What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Justin Roman, and guys, guys, I'm, I'm on here, and no, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not here to give you an update because I haven't got, I haven't gotten any updates yet about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, but guys, uh, right now, I'm actually going to be doing my first ever, you know, I've been waiting I've been waiting for a long time to do to do this, but I'm gonna be doing my first ever uh, New York Giants mailbag. And what this is is when I get to answer everyone's questions, you know, about uh, the Giants, uh, the uh, the Giants going into this off season. You know, I'm um, so that's what I'm gonna be doing. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. But uh, no, um, so basically I'm, I, I see that I got questions from you guys about, I hear you guys wanted me to answer questions about Saquon Barkley, you know, draft, seeing if the, you guys want to know if the Giants are going to draft the center and obviously the, uh, the New York Giants free agents and more. So, you know, I'm going to be answering those uh, kind of, I'm, I'm going to be answering questions that are related to those topics. So let's get into it. Um, look at, <coughs> look at, um, obviously there's one more NFL game to be played, um, which is tomorrow. Um, then a, then a long off season filled with speculation and tons of pointless arguing about which players the Giants should sign or draft. Pointless, you know, pointless because none of us control those decisions anyway. Before, you know, before I get into all that, obviously I want to open up uh, this weekend's big, uh, this uh, this weekend's Giants mailbag. And here we go. Uh, the first question you guys asked me, you know, um was this um you guys were asking me usually a team won't draft a center in the first round could you see the Giants drafting one this year especially since it's being reported there are not uh two uh there are not too many first round graded players in the NFC East every team has a strong defensive line I feel like they haven't addressed this need for a long time well, my question to that is, look it, um, and this was a question from William Clayton, um, William, look it, this was a point, uh, this was a point of debate last year when many fans were high on Tyler, on Tyler Lin- uh, Linderbaum of Iowa and wanted the Giants to select him in the top 10, you know, um, that is a, ri- you know, that is rich for a center, but Somewhere around, uh, somewhere around, uh, number 20 or later seems to be just fine. In my opinion, you know, Linderbaum went up, Linderbaum got drafted, you know, he, Linderbaum was the 24th pick to the Baltimore Ravens and had a solid rookie season, you know, (coughs) you know, 2021, the first center selected was Josh Myers who went, um, who got drafted at 62 overall to the Green Bay Packers in 2020? The Saints took Caesar uh, Caesar Ruiz 
uh, at um, number 24 and played him at left and played him at guard. You know, 2019, Garrett Bradbury went number 18th overall, and he got drafted to the Vikings. You know, in 2018, Frank Ragno, uh, Frank, uh, uh, Frank Ragno, uh, got drafted uh, 20th overall to the to the uh, Detroit Lions, and Billy Price got drafted 21st overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. Ragno has made two Pro Bowls. You know, um, the number one center in the draft is uh, thought to be John Michael Schmitz of Minnesota. Look at what I'm basically trying to say is this: if the Giants have him graded highly enough to be their pick at 25, I have no problem with that. You know, the Eagles are look at the Eagles are a perfect example of the importance of building both lines. You know, I have a long, I have long been a believer that you build from the inside out. If you don't solidify the offense, the offensive and defensive lines. You can't maximize the ability of your playmaking receivers, running backs, and defensive backs. You know, <coughs> so that's my answer to your question. Uh, this is a this. Uh, here's another question. This was asked by Geno Phillips. Uh, Geno Phillips. Geno Phillips was trying. Uh, you're asking. Is it possibly not a coincidence that Ojolari was incurred the multiple injuries that he did this season in part due to his 2021 offseason workout regime? He came back to camp noticeably bulked up. Did that potentially did that potentially cost him some flexibility? Was his offseason workout monitored by the team or was he on his own? Well, Gino, um, look, <clears throat> I wondered, uh, I wondered the exact same thing as I watched Aziz, you know, Ojolari suff- suffer multiple leg injuries during the 2022 season. I don't look at, I don't know either or not, you know, the added weight contributed to the injuries he dealt with, but it is possible. You know, he had a hamstring strain at the beginning of training camp then missed time in training camp and during the season with calf injuries. You know, the ankle injury and the bruise squad he suffered late in the year were different, but those muscle strains do make you wonder, you know. You know, let's be honest. After uh after Ojolari's rookie year, you know, he needed to add he needed uh the added strength. You know, the new coaching staff was thrilled at what at what he looked like. And how he was working once he got on the field. You know, with the change in coaching staff, though, Ojolari was on his own to build an offseason training program. You know, um, and if you're going to ask me, could that have contributed? Maybe. <clears throat> uh, this is a question from CTScan123. Um, you're saying, hey, Justin, I'm kind of torn about Barkley. On the one hand, he's a team leader our most explosive player and the face of the franchise. On the other hand, he rushed for 4.4 yards per carry and Breeder rushed uh, for uh, for uh, 4.1 yards uh, per carry. I know Barkley is better better than Breeder and he certainly has much larger thighs, but 10 or $12 million better. I understand that his presence and explosiveness affect the way defenses can play us and that is valuable, but again, 4.4 and 
is there an advanced uh, advanced stat that uh, qu- quantifies pr- uh, productivity versus replacement that we could use to estimate how much more Barkley is worth? Intangible aside, my heart certainly wants Barkley, but my head is having trouble uh, reconciling, uh, re- uh, reconciling the numbers. Does Barkley improve the team more than a $5 million running back and $10 million and $10 million towards an impact free agent as some other position of need? Um, CT, oh, that's a really good question. Um, look, this is one of the confounding things about Saquon Barkley. Do you need an elite running back? Can you do just as well with a good one or a pair of good ones? Beyond the total yards and the splash plays, how good is Barkley? Well, Football Outsiders probably provides the best measuring stick. Using FO's DVOA, which stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average, they're st- uh, they're st- uh, they're giving Barkley stats. Uh, they're saying Barkley's stats was only 0.2% above a replacement level running back on a per carry basis in 2022. That placed him 21st among backs with 100 or more carries. Using straight VOA, which stands for value over average, not adjust for opponent, Barkley was at negative 0.2%, which is 23rd. By FO's DYAR stat, which stands for defense adjusted yards above replacement, Barkley was 13th with 108 yards. 108, uh, 108 yards above replacement. So by that stat, an average running back could have gained roughly 1,200 yards rushing for the Giants this season on the 295 carries Barkley received. As a receiver, FO has Barkley 43rd among 51 running backs who caught at least 25 passes, which he caught 57, with a DVOA of negative 22.5%. He was 47th in DYAR with negative 37 yards above replacement. So he got 37 fewer yards than expected on the passes he caught, according according to a football outsider's data. Look at if you want, you can certainly use those numbers to argue that the sum of Barkley's work in 2022 was below replacement level on a per catch touch basis. You could argue that his production does not match his name or recognition and his reputation. None of that factors in how much the Giants relied on him. Barkley was third in the league in touches with 352. It doesn't factor in his leadership, his presence, and his overall value to the franchise. Negotiating a deal with Barkley is tricky. I am in favor of keeping him, you know, but the Giants should not break the bank. They also should tie themselves to him with guaranteed money for more than a couple of years. You know, so that's my answer to your question. Uh, This is a question from Robert Flynn. Um, Robert Flynn, you're saying, I get it that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley Barkley are important to this team, but why is there no love about, why is there no love being directed toward Dexter Lawrence and Julian Love? Defense wins Super Bowls. I truly hope that our GM and coach realize uh, realize that and get these guys resigned. Robert, look at. I don't know why you would have the idea that Joe Shane and Brian Dayball don't realize that don't realize that uh, defense is important. Look at when it comes to Dexter Lawrence, who 
first of all, will be who will be a New York Giant in 2023. The Giants have already exercised his fifth-year option. The urgency with Lawrence, is, you know, is to reach a long-term deal that keeps him from entering the free agent market next offseason. He can't do he can't do that this offseason. The Giants will get deals done with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because they have to, you know, they have to. Uh, they have to, you know, um, for the, you know, for the 2023 season. You know, that is the biggest priority. At some point, they will work on getting a deal done with uh, Dexter Lawrence. Maybe later this spring, I'm assuming. Maybe this summer. Maybe, uh, maybe even before the 2023 season opens, you know. As for Julian Love, you know, there were reports during the 2022 bye week that the Giants had discussed a new deal with Julian Love. So, yes, they they know he is a player they would like to keep. Thing is, though, how much do you want to pay him? Love will have options because he is a good player. This might be the one time in his career he can hit free agency and truly be sought after. And I wouldn't blame him if he tries to find out if someone will give him big money. You know, if you're the Giants and you have, look, if you're the Giants and you have big money deals coming down the line with Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, and Xavier McKinney, how much money can you uh, throw at love? You know, so that's, that question remains to be seen. Uh... Here's another question from uh, Brian uh, Sheetman. <clears throat> Brian, you're asking. I know Gettleman is not is not well thought of. Uh, I know Gettleman is not well thought of, but I remember him saying they're worth three things necessarily to be a successful football team: run the ball, stop the run, and rush the passer. Even though his teams never achieved that, I think he is correct. What do you think the likelihood the Giants draft emphasizes, at least in the early rounds, the offensive and defensive fronts? And we uh, pass on the quest for the wide receiver, for the number one wide receiver. <coughs> Brian, I absolutely think that is possible. I say it again and again and again. I'm tired. <clears throat> I'm tired of saying it, and many are probably tired of reading it. But you can't, you know, you can't commit yourself to taking a wide receiver at 20, at 25th overall, just because you think that might be your biggest need. The Giants have needs in several places, including both offensive and defensive line. You know, if they believe players on, if they believe players on the line are the best values when they pick, then they will. And should pick those players. If you can't control the lines of scrimmage, nothing else you can do. You know, there's nothing else you can do to really. Uh, there's nothing else you can do uh, really matters. You know. So there's my answer to your question. Uh, here's another question. Uh, here's another question from Jack McMullen. Jack, you were asking Justin. My question is, how locked in are teams? And the mantra, best player available. In this example, the Giants have no flash signings in free agency. And they are somewhat comfortable at the safety position. Their big board looks like this. 25, a safety. 28, their number one tight end. uh, 29th, their uh, second offensive lineman. Number 30, their second wide receiver. Do they still go safety? Thanks. Well, Jack, um... 
look at there. Look at there. Look, there is no such thing as best player available. At least not in the sense that every NFL team will agree who that best player might be. Every NFL team has different scouts, different coaching staffs, different uh, different schemes, different perceived needs. So every team's big board of how they rank players will be different. Teams might rank players in a 1 to 100 order as an exercise. Joe Shane admitted last year that the Giants did so as part of their prep. That, though, is not how they approach the draft, you know? It's not, look, it's not as simple as the highest ranked player on a 1 to 100 board is the choice. Teams will grade players on a point scale. Chris Flum uses his own grading scale. You know, here, you know, like, <clears throat> here's a common grading scale. You know, NFL.com uses this grading scale. Dave Gutterman uh, used to use a grading scale that topped out at 9.0. I don't know what Joe Shane uses, you know. But look at teams will tire players and approach each of their picks with a list of targeted players they would be comfortable selecting at each spot. They will use vertical and horizontal draft boards to de- you know to determine value. For example, seeing which positions might be heavy on talent, meaning they might be able to wait and which are light or which are light on talent, meaning they had better meaning they had better grab a talented player at that spot before all of their targets are gone. We have presented a vertical and horizontal big board for the last several years. So the choice isn't as simple as going down the list and picking the highest ranked guy on the vertical list. You know? So, uh, yeah. Um... Here's another question from Christopher Benfer. Uh, Christopher, you're asking. I just read um, your article on. I just read your article on either or not to assign Barkley, and for how much. One qu- one question I have is how viable the franchise tag would be as a medium term plan. From what I can tell, the franchise tag value is about $10 million this year. If Saquon performs similarly to his 2022 self, that's certainly not a crazy number. And if he keeps getting injured, we can walk away after a year. The next year, he could be franchised again at 120%, so about $12 million, which is something close to what the BBV writers are suggesting would be the bottom end of a fair price for a multi-year deal once again we've got him for a reasonable price for a year with no commitment if he falls off the running back performance cliff going into the third year he would get expensive but at that point we should have built a solid old line and have some weapons for dj or whoever is the quarterback and be able to move on to a cheaper option maybe on a rookie deal Plus, if he goes elsewhere and gets paid, we'd be eligible for some compensatory picks. Correct. I I suspect Barkley wouldn't be as happy with this deal. Is that why the Giants wouldn't go down that path? Or am I missing something else? Um, Here's another question from... uh, here uh, Here's the same question that's related to the Saquon Barkley question. Uh, This one's from... uh, Sylvain, uh, uh, Sylvain G, uh, Sylvain, you're asking, could you please expand on this, on the, uh, scenario 
where negotiations with Barkley will drag on. In the case, an agreement prior to free agency is not possible. There must be no way Joe Shane let uh, lets uh, Barkley walk the do- uh, walk the door to the open market for nothing. I then would like to see Joe Shane using the transition tag to at least buy him uh, in the lead up to the draft and work out a trade for potentially an additional first round pick. Buffalo, Cincy, or uh, Kansas City in the bottom of the first round, for example. If, uh, to use the tag, would you rather franchise tag Barkley for next season, letting him leave as a uh, free agent in 2024, or transition tag him to work a trade come draft day? What do you believe is the possible value in return for Saquon in a trade scenario? Guys, look. Let's first acknowledge that with the salary cap being set at 200, uh, 200, $224.8 million for 2023, the running back franchise tag is $10,091 million. The franchise tag value is $8.429 million. Here is an explainer detailing the differences in the two types of tags. The Giants don't want to lose Barkley. They also don't want to completely throw their spending out of whack by overpaying for a running back or being tied to a highly paid to a highly paid one for years after his skills began to noticeably diminish. I look at I do understand the tax scenarios. Well, you are both what you are both missing though is that the Giants have telegraphed that they do not want to use a tag on Barkley. Teams can only use one tag. Joe Shane made it uh, crystal clear in his season-ending press conference that bringing back Saquon Barkley is secondary to making sure Daniel is a giant, uh, making sure Daniel Jones is uh, is a New York Giant in 2023 and probably beyond. What the the Giants want to do, the way I read their intent, is to have the $32 million quarterback franchise tag available in their negotiations with Jones. That way they guarantee they keep him off the open market and know they have their quarterback for 2023. Look at, I endorse the strategy. Quarterback is far more important than running back. And quality quarterback play is harder to find than productive running back play. As for a Saquon Barkley trade, forget the idea that the Giants could get a first-round pick for Barkley. The Panther, the Carolina Panthers got a 2023. Eagles gonna win. Ma! Yeah! Get a... Sorry about that. Got a 2023 second-round pick. <clears throat> a, um, a, 2020, a 2023... Uh, third round pick, sorry about that. A uh, 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 uh, fifth round pick for uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is not different from Saquon Barkley. You know, the only difference between Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey is that these two, Saquon Barkley, he's a little bit bigger than Christian McCaffrey. But talent-wise, they're, they're very similar. You know, the Giants would not get that much in return for Barkley. Giants fans might not want to hear it, even though, you know, even even though I'm about to say it, I don't want this to happen. But 
when McCaffrey is healthy, he is a better player than Barkley, you know? So, yeah. So, that's my, uh, that's my, um, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that question. And guys, sorry about that. That was my mom interrupting me. So, don't, sorry about that. Uh, Kay Mendy, you are asking, why don't the Giants give raises to Kafka and Martindale so they can consider staying? Dallas and Patriots have done that in the past. It would be better for a developing team like the Giants rather than the players having to learn new systems on offensive, on offense and defense with uh, something new. Um, uh, Mendy, uh, Kay Mendy, um, yes, you know, it would be uh, best for the Giants if Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale returned in 2023. People in all walks of life have the right to seek promotions on, tr- you know, or try and advance their careers, though. The, look, at the NFL is not any different. You know, the price, of, the price of success of hiring a great coaching staff and winning games is that NFL teams, will, you know, NFL teams see what you have accomplished and want to try and bring that to their own organizations. Why would Brian Dayball, who thought he was ready for a head coaching job several years ago and had to wait his turn, try to hold back assistant coaches trying to follow the same path he followed to the Giants, besides which you can't refuse permission for an, you know, for an assistant coach to interview for a job that would be a promotion. Yes, you could dangle more money. That's not going to stop Kafka. That's not going to stop Kafka or Martindale from pursuing career advancement, you know. And yeah, guys, those are all the questions you guys have for me so far. I really appreciate them. And yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed my, I hope you guys um, were very interested with my response to all those, to all those amazing questions. You know, um, yeah, guys, um. I will keep you guys updated with the with the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and yeah. But until then, I'm out. Peace.